About time for true crime. Hey, howdy. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. Oh. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm recovering. Okay. If you will. Yeah, um, you look tired as hell today. No offense. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel great and not at all self-conscious for the next hour. Um, well, as if you've seen me look so shitty. <laughs> you never look shitty, but sometimes you look tired and that's okay. So anyway, um, I feel called to tell you oh. that I have been through an event that has shaken me. So there actually is a reason. No, there's a reason. Okay. <laughs> actually, there's an exact reason why I look as tired as I do. Oh, my God. Um, thank you for noticing. So last night, well, I guess I will, I guess I'll set the scene. Okay. Okay. All right. It's so last night. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go to bed. I've been reading like every night before bed. Hell yeah. Way to stick to that goal, dude. Let me finish. Oh, God. But I felt like I just <laughs> didn't feel like reading last night, so okay. I didn't. <laughs> but I'm almost done my book. I'm on my. I'm hey. on a different book now. I'm reading The Silent Patient, which I do really like, and Ooh. I would recommend it. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you more about that later. <gasps> Jinx. But so I... like, I don't want to read. I don't want to read, but I was like, okay, like, what else am I going to do? Of course, I'm going to lay on my phone for a little bit, so... Laying on my side, as yeah. I do. There's no other light in my bedroom. It's okay. just, like, me and my phone. Ooh, intimate. Okay. Yes, extremely. Scrolling, let's be honest, like, Instagram or something. And yeah. out of the corner of my eye, I see something, like, kind of move. And I was like, oh, that's, like, nothing. It can't be anything. Uh. So, yeah. Yeah, you're you're ahead of me. So, I'm still laying there. And I'm like, that was kind of fucking weird. So, I look again. And I see these fucking, like, long... I don't know. So I shoot up. I'm like, absolutely not. Throw the lights on. Freaking out. There was a fucking spider. A fucking massive uh, spider on my bed. Uh, near no. my face. No, no, no. And no, 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 I no, no, no. wanted no, to, like, phone a friend. I wanted to, like, switch places. I wanted to burn uh. it down. I wanted to do anything but deal with it. But I was like, nope. <clears throat> I need to be an adult. <laughs> this fucking thing isn't paying my mortgage needs to get out of here so it's i did water. what anybody would do and i killed it and cried yep as you do but i will say this uh-huh i am like ron weasley with fucking spiders i don't Why do them have to be spiders yeah like i i don't do spiders yeah i really don't like bugs but i can handle most bugs but spiders there's just no fucking reason why you need that <laughs> many legs and yeah, it's true there's something and I know this is a me thing, and I'm probably, I don't know what the only person has thought this much into it, but if I had to choose, like, yeah. spider-wise, yeah, I would rather it be a small body and, like, just grossly long legs. Yeah, like a daddy long legs. Than, like, a fat fucking massive Ugh. body with, like, stubby little freaky legs. And it was a fat body freaky uh. legs. Like, you have no reason to have that many legs. Like, you don't you're, need them. What like, are they for? Like, Crime? That's, that's criminal, is what it is, really. There's nothing good's coming of that <laughs> you need two to move that's it that's it that's two it to move and like two maybe to like make your little stupid web maybe but like do not try to attack me no do not come at my face no i d- don't do any of that not in my bed that's my safe place not in my bed so i felt like really violated yeah and really just like why the fuck are you here and i killed it and then i felt bad but i was like i needed to yeah and i think it bit me or something because i have like this little look at it it's like this little red dot you can see it; it's red oh. still and i don't know what it is and it just started itching around the time that i noticed the spider but of course i felt like i could feel them over me like right. everywhere Naturally. so i was up like half the night because i told myself i'm like fuck this i'm gonna go sleep on the couch and i was like i am a grown woman <laughs> <laughs> i will not so instead i laid there in silence just thinking that like every time i felt something <laughs> that it was a spider and i'm like freaking out and like slapping things yes. and everything so like should i have just slept uh. on the couch absolutely but it's been about like 20 hours and oh, i've God. been practicing and i don't have i think superpowers. you have to, like, microwave your hand it's got to be radioactive i don't know right? i don't i can't make a web i can't climb things i all right my legs didn't get any longer so i'm kind of i'm like did i just go through that for nothing i feel like i got completely short handed i don't know yeah, tell me, McGuire, what do you do? Like, I can't. Can you let us know? I can't go, you know, I, yeah. I don't have the, so. Maybe we have to get, like, a suit first. It was just, it, it, I, I don't, don't know. really know what comes first. I just feel like after what I've been through, you there should something. be some kind of reparations or. That spider owes you money. I just feel like 
<laughs> he was in my home when I didn't invite him. Yeah. And he wasn't paying the bills. No. Um, he was certainly like mooching off of my like Wi-Fi and yeah. watching the TV with me. And, you know, <laughs> it just seems like if you're going to be like, here and you're squatting. Yeah. Like at least contribute. And could you get the fuck out of my bed? And like, do that's some all, dishes. That's all. So anyway, so I just, you know, I've had a lot in my mind and I, I still can't shoot webs. So I just all around, it's been like what eh. a bummer. I'm yeah. so sorry. So that's why I look tired. <laughs> I didn't fucking sleep. I got like four hours. Me, on the other hand, last night was the first time I've ever had no problem going to bed. Well, I'm glad that one of us could sleep well. I usually have such a hard time sleeping. I'm like the person that's like, okay, I need to lay in this exact position with this exact kind of sound on. And I need to have no blue light for like an hour. And I need to have no lights for like a half an hour. And I swear, if anybody is outside of my apartment and makes a single noise, I will flip out but last night i fell asleep at 9 30 so oh. <laughs> i would have i know no it was it was probably around like 11 when that happened and by i was Ugh. like all right well i guess i'm up now yeah like i shot out of bed yes. i was like absolutely not like adrenaline pumping i felt like i could Ugh. lift a car i was like <laughs> what the fuck so anyway um and then today i called my mom and <laughs> she was like she's really busy at work i'm such a dick <laughs> she's like so busy getting stuff done and I'm like, you know, like yeah. bugging her about my day. And then she's like, okay. Bugging like, she's her. like trying to go. Stop it. <laughs> she's like, you know, got to go and everything. I was like, wait, well, real quick. I have to tell you something. <laughs> I was like, you'll never guess what happened to me. <laughs> and she's probably thinking like actually something eventful yeah. or like worth, you know, keeping her from her work. I was like, ah, there was a spider in my bed. Nancy, so, you're a real one. She is. Uh. And she was there for me. She helped me get through it. If so. it helps, my mom also did that for me. One of so you and I are kind of opposite, and that like I don't like spiders, but I hate bugs. Like, can't I can I can sort of deal with a spider if I'm around. I'll scoop it up. I'll put it outside. If it's you don't crunchy, kill it. Not usually, unless there's like a good reason, and then I will kill it. Okay. And well, by the good reason, I mean like, am I freaked the fuck out? And is there an easy escape route for it? Because I'm not gonna put it. I'm not gonna keep it alive to put it outside for it to come back in. So that has to be like. So like, if it almost tried to like crawl at your face. Oh no! If it was in my bed, that is death penalty. Okay. I, I totally am with you. I thought capital punishment. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. But, um, for me, my biggest biggest fear is cockroaches, and yeah. in my first apartment, um, the worst thing in my life happened, which is there were cockroaches, and I want to. I want this out loud on live on record. They were not for me. They were not for me. I have confirmation. They are not my fault. I'm not a gross person. I, I am clean. I am sometimes a little disorganized, but I'm clean. There's not like anything gross happening. No, you're not. No. No. And so I was freaking out because my mom was there and she was visiting, but it was the last day she was visiting. Mm. And she was like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, okay, what is it? Like, you know, we don't have a family dog, but I was like, it's a dog, okay? Like, <laughs> you're, you got a tone. Mrs. Apple Dabbleson. Like, I found this in the shower. Ooh. Now, it could be a one-off because I don't see any others. I looked, but you should be aware. And I said, okay. And then I went to work. And then I came home mm. as she was getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. And one crawled down the wall. And I said, not doing it. You are a stronger woman than me. I dropped her off at the airport and I went and drove to my boyfriend. And I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm staying here. I will not be there. And I called them and I was like, you need to get someone in here to take care of the stupid cockroaches in my stupid apartment. I'm so scared. I hate it. I can't do it. And they were like, the guy comes on Friday. And I was like, no, it does not close like enough. It's Tuesday. I need, I, it was probably something like that. I was like, I'm not doing it. No. And they were like, he comes on Friday. And I was like, then I'm not being here until Friday. They're like, okay. Yeah, they didn't care. They were like, we got the rent. That's fine. <laughs> so Yeah, rent's due on the first. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. <laughs> Do what you want. Um, so I took my cat. <laughs> they, could, like, they could charge you. They're like, no subletting. You're letting bugs in here. I know. <laughs> so I was so like, freaked out. And then I had to like... I was so embarrassed. I like had to tell my boss. I was like, I have to go home and like be there for the exterminator guy. And I hate that. And he was, th- he was there. He came there for weeks, like weeks. He kept coming. And, um, finally he was getting like frustrated. He was so mad. He was like, I can't find them. There's not a colony. I like can't find a place where they're coming from. They're just here. And I was like, 
that's super comforting guy thanks well it kind of is that they weren't like burrowing yes. in your and when he first came so i uh i have anxiety as you might have guessed from the last Do i don't know year that we've been doing this or so um oh i didn't know you did oh, okay. yeah i know right crazy Ooh, so i was wow. like wow wow <laughs> sorry <laughs> so i was like have you seen any like when he first came and checked it out i was like did you like see any while you were checking out and he's like do you want me to be honest with you and i was like yeah and he was like yeah i've already seen a few and i was like <laughs> kill me <laughs> you're like burn it down exterminate me with them i don't want to and oh. so he <laughs> and so finally he like took a phone call outside one day and he saw them in like my next door like hallway mates like door frame and he was like i'm not supposed to do this but look and i was like and he was like we know where they're coming from and then he treated them and i never saw them again okay um but i hear you i've lived through my fear too and we got through it together i yeah i just you know I really, I just, I don't like them. And I know it's spring and I know it's like the time of year. Yeah. Like in the spring and the fall is when you'll see them the most. Either when it's cold and they're like hiding from it and coming in your house or it's spring and they're like hatching or whatever they're the like, fuck it is. Oh my God, we're going to pop out. And they Say wind hey. up in here, but I don't like ants. I don't nope. fuck with that. No. I really, the spiders, I mean really all bugs, but like spiders the most will just, yeah. I will feel them everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And there's just, there's no, there's no relief from that. So anyway. Well, I appreciate your Sorry pain. Sorry if you guys see you. feel this too as I'm talking about. Yeah. I've got to change the subject. Um, All so we know is that it's we're in solidarity. Yep. Yes. We are on team um, live through the bugs. So sorry. Yuck. And also we're on team live through hellacious shit. And I feel like you're going to have something awful to tell me. Oh, today's going to be fucking horrible. Oh, great. Um, Love it. After last week. Great. I'm still recovering from last week's episode. Yeah. And I really, I wish I had the heads up on that because I probably wouldn't have chosen such a god awful (laughs) hellish case. Not only that, (laughs) not only that, but this is actually only part one of a two part. You're going to make me fucking wait, aren't you? I am going to make you Ah, fucking wait. Ah, what the hell? I am. I'm going to do that. So I think it's time we get into it, right? Yeah. Okay. So for everyone who like skips over the beginning the part. The chatties. Yeah. Um, hi. Stop. Hey. Pause. Hi. Hey. It's Let time. Let it go. Let it go. We're like ringing the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Gather. It's dinner bell, but dinner is awful to crime. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Time to eat. Um, <laughs> and so I would just like to issue you yes. a little hi, hello, and welcome back oh. to your favorite true crime podcast you guys it's so sweet you, you shouldn't have it's because i did and <laughs> let's get into it okay so today yeah we are covering mm-hmm. part one sure of a piece of shit in the truest sense Ooh, okay pos today we are talking about Teresa nor whomst the worst mother ever oh damn she is evil She's okay. barbaric. She's Ooh. disgusting. She's Ew. vile. And she does not deserve the title of mother, but there isn't anything else to call her. She's not a mom. She, okay. Maybe a, a womb donor? Apparently. I guess. I don't really and know. And she's just a piece of dog shit. Okay. I guess. And um, which is why I so distastefully call her the shittiest mother of the year award recipient. Oh my gosh. Since the 1960s claps for Teresa. yes so before we jump in sure if you've stuck around here before then you know me and you know that i like to credit my sources at the top because i will most certainly forget if i don't <laughs> so in absolutely no particular order i want to share some with you sure uh dennis mcdougall's book mother's day oh. investigation discoveries deadly women season four episode seven has like Ooh. a very brief like 15 minute part on this which was comprised of mostly interviews which was very helpful yes um the lineup loading news sentinel cinemaholic murderpedia la times and crime with my coffee podcast episodes 130 and 131 oh love that so i tried to do book articles tv and pod i love it you really got the full range so i tried to try to hit them all also, you guys, if we ever forget or if you're interested in like, hey, what were all of those again? They're always linked below. Always. Always. You'll always have them. 
because we're not like the other pots anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so and just a little heads up that this you know it it will be a two-parter so be on the lookout for part two next week today we're just going to get to the beginning and for those of you with mommy issues i'm going to go ahead and say this probably is one to you know keep yourself healthy with oh well and also especially at the top of these more intense episodes what abby and i like to do is just issue you a big in bold and highlighted italics fucking neon trigger warning for pretty much all of it yep we've got child abuse neglect murder you name it we're gonna chat about it yay (laughs) and i can't skip you guys you can't you are stuck with me so yeah please keep (laughs) your hands arms feet and legs inside the podcast at all times because this is absolutely going to be a bumpy ride all right i'm clicking it and we are going to talk about the case that was described by one of the investigators as one of the most bizarre and unbelievably sad family situations anyone could imagine damn i'm gonna cry again okay probably so we're going to talk about Teresa Knorr. Okay, Teresa. But before she was Teresa Knorr, she was Teresa Cross. Okay. Okay. That was and she was just... She, <laughs> I knew there would have to be a dad Sorry. joke at some point. Um, but when she was a kid, she was living in Sacramento, California with her parents. Okay, Cali Get this, girl. Her parents' names were Jim and Swanny, which I've never heard before. Swanny, Swanny, Swanny. I love it. Anyway, Jim and Swanny Cross. How groovy. She was born March 14th, 1946, and was the younger of two girls, though her mom had had children from a previous marriage that were older, so she's really the youngest of four in total, but she didn't really grow up with the two older ones. Yeah. And she was a typical kid with a typical childhood. Both her parents worked, and her dad worked at, like, a cheese factory, not to be confused Mm -hmm. with the cheesecake factory. Oh. Um, And her mother worked for a lumber company that made pencils, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh. And they weren't poor by any means in the beginning but after her father's parkinson's diagnosis things grew more difficult for the family oh understandably um they had saved up their money they had bought a bigger house and then jim was diagnosed isn't that just the way and he had a brain surgery that didn't do exactly what they had hoped it would and while he could still lead a pretty typical life he really wasn't able to work anymore and so he ended up being on a fixed income which was really not what they planned on no no well not at all what they planned on but also not what they needed to afford the home so the burden of this ended up ultimately falling on his wife swanny to keep the family afloat to pay for the bills to do everything right but less than a week before Teresa's 15th birthday in 1961 her mother suffered a heart attack and died in front of her oh my gosh so her father was not exactly well physically her mother, probably with the stress and everything, died in front of her. Yeah. And she's a young girl. That's awful. She's not even 15. So later that year, Teresa drops out of high school. Sure. And she married a man named Clifford Sanders. And I couldn't find anything definitive to say how old he was, but Teresa's still 15 at the time. Right. Which, in the 50s, yeah, it happened. And... She soon gave birth to their first child, who they named Howard Sanders. Oh, okay. And this marriage was not a good one, as you might imagine. And it was violent and turbulent because normally we're not talking about really awesome, happy marriages when we're talking about it on this podcast. That's true. And Teresa said that he was physically abusive and he suffered from alcoholism and basically just sucked. Oh, okay. Um, He sucked so bad, in fact, that she reported to the police that he had punched her square in the face, but then she dropped the charges. Oh, okay. So, in 1964, at 18 years old, Teresa shot him with a rifle. What? Killed him. What? And claimed it was self-defense. Okay. Now, his family has no doubts that this is not true. His family said they not only believe that she's capable of murdering somebody, but they believe that she did murder him. Okay. And that this was intentional, meaning it it wasn't just a heat-of-the-moment thing. They think she planned to kill him. Right. And her sister-in-law, Clifford's sister, despised Teresa and actually made that quite obvious that she believed that his death was cold and calculated. And if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure she testified in court to say that she believed that this is what happened. Okay. But by the fall of 1964, Teresa was acquitted of her husband's murder. 
if it the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. You Correct. Know? And with her being 18 and a young mom and pregnant at the time, Oof. Um, they were like, yep, self-defense, and she moved on. So by the spring of the next year, she gave birth to her daughter, Sheila Sanders. Okay. So this was still Clifford's daughter, but yeah. she's already killed him. Yes. So then in 1966, she gets married again. Okay. She marries a man named Bob Knorr. He was a Marine who was not unlike her first husband. He was violent and he drank too much. Okay. So she got a type here. Yeah. And in 1966, she gave birth to their daughter, Susan. In 1967, she gave birth to their son, William. In 1968, had Robert and then the baby of the family, Teresa, who went by Terry. So we're only okay. going to call her Terry moving so forward. So we got six kiddos? We got six. Altogether? So we've got okay. two from the first relationship, four in the second one, but I believe all of them had the same last name because I believe that he adopted the first two, the first two okay. legally. And so they, you'll see Sanders and nor okay. sort of interchangeably for the first two, but the latter four all were Bob Nor's kids. Okay. So this marriage didn't end in murder this time. So snaps for them. Hooray. But it did end in a bitter divorce that sent Teresa into a spiral. Bless you. And from what I can tell, their dad, Bob Nort, hadn't really had a whole lot to do with his kids afterwards. I don't think for lack of trying, but I think she made it very clear that they were not to, yeah. <laughs> you know, do that. And he just kind of went on and made a new family with a new woman. Okay. So that was really cool. Probably so after for him. Teresa's in this spiral, she marries a new man named, I think his name was Ron Pulliam. Then okay. they divorced. And you know what they say when you've had three divorces? The fourth time should do it, right? Wrong. Oh, I thought um, it was just that um, you're really good at marriage. You've done it like three times. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so she married a man named Chet Harris in 1976. And then they divorced not two months later in 1976 so it was one of those like celebrity marriages kim kardashian marriages if you will (laughs) like if you know she were to marry a basketball player anyway so after her fourth divorce Mm -hmm. this is when Teresa really began to spiral more than before she wouldn't hard yeah she still wouldn't allow bob nor to see his children and again he either wasn't able to or didn't see a point in trying to take legal action so right once she kind of pumped the brakes on it, he just kind of took it. And again, he went and already had his, you know, quote unquote, new family. Right. So he'd wash his hands of it. She herself had taken a liking to drinking, which I don't believe was new, but certainly heavier than before. Absolutely. And sometimes, but not always, that comes with weight gain. So we know, like, mm-hmm. alcohol is not good for you. It's let, let's be real. We all know it's a poison. I mean, they don't call it like a beer skinny. Correct. <laughs> um, and again, not always, but sometimes that comes with weight gain. And in Teresa's case, it absolutely came with weight gain. And she put on pounds very quickly. Okay. She had been a very petite woman. Yes. That that changed very quickly. And she became very reclusive, very paranoid, and then forced this upon her kids. Oh, really, really healthy. Okay. So I gave you some little warnings about child abuse, and we're going to get into that. Uh. So by the late 1970s, her youngest was probably seven or eight. This is Terry. This okay. is the little baby. And her oldest is in his mid to late teens. This is Howard. Okay. Um, the abuse of her children only got worse. Yeah. Now, today we view hitting a child differently than we did in the 60s, right? Um, right. I think that's fair to say. However, that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about child abuse here. We're going to get into it more in a bit, but know that this was a slow burn at first, right up until it wasn't, and it was just full-fledged fucking beatings. Right. And was entirely out of control. So at first, she's just reclusive. She kept her kids in the home in California. She didn't allow visitors at all, so the kids couldn't have friends over. They couldn't hang out with anybody else. And she even unplugged the family phone so that no one could make calls to or from the home. Oh. Which is isolating in and of itself yeah so in his book mother's day like we talked about earlier dennis mcdougall quotes william nor so one of her sons as saying quote she stopped going out seeing friends at all on any level she got rid of the telephone because she didn't want any people calling we weren't allowed to have anybody inside the house and he's just recalling like it was so isolated it was so bad 
and there was another quote and I believe it was by William that was just kind of like they'd get glimpses of getting to watch TV and the Brady Bunch would be on and they would be so bullshit because he's like that doesn't exist because in his mind all that exists is what we're going to talk about and so so he resented seeing like oh those are your problems that's what you deal with no family lives like that that's not the american family right when in reality it wasn't unlike what was the vast majority but he doesn't know that right right so Teresa had always kept a very tight leash on her children and neighbors didn't think much of the family just that there was no father present so maybe Teresa had to be a bit more firm she had to be kind of the hammer and you know she kind of had to be everything but they did take notice that none of the children talked back but they didn't live in good neighborhoods they didn't live in nice neighborhoods well yeah it's hard to afford that with six kids and one income and they like there's prostitution around there was drugs around it was a high crime area so i wouldn't say that like people didn't have their own things going on that they weren't exactly looking to right. see what was going on next door you're not bored and waiting to hear the drama from no there was enough going on outside that if you didn't talk to them you didn't notice them right all of that to say it wasn't like nosy neighbors and people who have a lot of time to like kind of snoop yeah so They just kind of thought if they interacted with the kids at all, that they were just well-behaved, that they didn't really talk back, that they were, like, good kids, right? But if you looked closely, you would see that it wasn't that the children were well-behaved and, like, well-adjusted. It was that they were absolutely terrified. Yeah. Constantly. She would tell her children that she never wanted them, but because they were there, they would do what she wanted. Oh, okay. So it was really really good and healthy and, yep. Yeah. Okay. With Teresa, there was a clear divide. Mm -hmm. Now, none of her children were treated well, but the girls got it the worst. And she's got three of them. The girls would be beaten if they spoke to anyone outside of the family. But these rules didn't necessarily apply to her sons, though they were, again, all subjected to beatings, um, even if they were home one minute late. One of Susan's friends from school remembered her being in like near hysterics when the bus to bring her home was running late because she knew even if it wasn't her fault even if it was circumstances beyond her control no matter what if she came home late there was a beating for her it didn't matter so when the bus is running late she's like i have to get home but i don't want to go home but i have to get home yeah and no other kid had to freak out like that so it was notable that she was yeah especially when it's the bus of course and so Teresa would ground her kids when she didn't feel like dealing with them. Oh. Like she would just decide that they needed to be punished. And it was probably just because she wanted it to be quiet or whatever. But it typically wouldn't need to have anything to do with what they did. So it wasn't uncommon for her to send them to their rooms just for the sake of sending them away. Right. And one time she had sent them all to their rooms and said that they had to sit on their beds and they had to be silent. And her two youngest sons, which were William and Robert, and we're going to talk a lot about them, they shared a bedroom. And I believe they were, like, in a two-bedroom apartment or something like that. So I don't imagine that there weren't more than just them in that bedroom. Right. But at the very least, as it's told, it's the two of them there. Right. And they did exactly what they were told. They sat there silently, probably with a book, maybe drawing, maybe doing homework, maybe doing something. Right. But they weren't breaking the rules. All of a sudden, Teresa, like, busted in the door, and she starts screaming at them. Oh, nice. For being loud and for talking and for doing things. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we weren't. Yeah. But you don't talk back. Right. So, she accused them of laughing at her. Oh. And they look at each other like neither one of them had been laughing. And she's like, you think this is funny? I do all of this for you, and you're going to laugh at me? Let's see if you laugh about this. She calls. She calls the other kids into the room. Has all the other kids hold them down and then just beats William. No. Yep. So she's like, there you go. Now you won't laugh. And it's like he wasn't laughing, but now he's crying. So, okay, that's good. Sure. The home Uh, that they lived in. Yeah. I use the word home very loosely. Right. It was disgusting. It was dirty. It was unkept. It smelled of urine. And it wasn't long before the children weren't allowed to go to school anymore. I bet. Teresa had told the school that they were moving, and then they didn't move. So the school knew not to expect them back. No new school was, you know, prepped for them to expect them, and they were off the grid. 
So because of this, pretty much none of her kids got past the eighth grade. Oh, my gosh. And they would get slapped around. Sometimes she would just beat them just because she felt like it. She would hit them with whatever was within arm's reach. And what she tried Mm. to keep within arm's reach was what she called the Board of Education. No. Which was a wooden slab that she had found at a construction site that she beat them with and she had wrapped electrical tape around one end of it to make like a handle so that she could swing it and it wouldn't like fly out of her hand or hurt her hand right so it just made it easier for her to beat the ever-loving shit out of her kids correct absolutely no of course she didn't want to lose her grip on it but when the children got taller and bigger she realized that the things that she had been doing when they were kids didn't work so this is when she relied on the help of her other kids to help her in beating them so she would call the other ones in to hold down whichever one she decided right was to be punished for any number of things that let's be real they didn't do and if you were let's say holding down your brother's leg mm-hmm. and his leg gets loose while you're holding it down you get beat too. now you're getting beat because you didn't do what you were told or if you refuse or if you don't want to or you try to go easy on them whatever it is now your ass is grass so the kids are forced to turn on each other right right oh so and all you probably want is a mom all they needed it's not even what they wanted it's what they needed they needed a mom and they had nothing they had a, a very mentally ill tyrant is what they had fuck so it gets worse oh thank you yay sorry <laughs> did you think it was gonna get better it won't no um she would put cigarettes out on them no. she would point guns at them what the fuck and threaten to pull the trigger she would throw knives at them mm-hmm. sometimes hitting them and then mm-hmm. blaming them for it like she would right. throw the knife and be like if if it hit them be like it's your fault because you must have moved how dare you stand where my knife that i threw landed how dare you stand where I told you to stand? Yes. And then I threw a knife at you and it hit you because I can't fucking aim. Or but I'm going to blame can, you for it. And it's still your fault. Correct. Yeah. Um, always threaten ah. them. Always degrade them. She would force feed them. No. And just all around brutalize them. But the worst punishment of all was undoubtedly saved for her daughters. <sighs> so McDougal quotes Terry recalling more childhood memories before things went from bad to like really fucking bad uh-huh. uh quote when my mother got drunk she used to lick the ends of steak knives serrated knives and she threw them at us just to see if her aim was good oh like this is what they're dealing with she went on to say it was beat us lock us in our room for days and then she'd be all lovey-dovey my mom was so blatantly contradictory she played the part of a mother, but she also played the part of a very torturous, sadistic human being. Oh, yeah. She was schizo. Mm. And I want to point out that I don't agree with the saying she was schizo like that, but there is hot debate about Teresa's mental status. And depending on the report you believe, there are several reports that say that she suffered from schizophrenia. Right. And a lot of that was sort of on par with the delusions that we're going to talk about right the auditory hallucinations some of that stuff already so again like i said it's going to go from bad to like really bad Uh, and then it's going to just keep getting worse from there oh yay all right so we're really on the the highway to hell so about those delusions yeah Teresa believed that her daughter's youth and beauty took hers away so the more beautiful and strong and just you know older how they how they blossomed yeah depleted her in her mind right right right. and she resented them for that and she believed that susan at 15 years old and coming to her own had cast a spell on her oh that had caused her to lose her beauty and to gain significant weight so like i said she's drinking a lot and she's put on weight at the time that her daughters are becoming women yeah and She's saying that this is a direct correlation. Not at all considering that <laughs> she's not doing anything to help herself. Correlation but is not causation. So 
Her daughters grew up and they blossom into beautiful young women who are interested in the things that they're interested in. They want to learn things and right. they think boys are cute and they want to go shopping and they they want to just do the little things that the other kids that their age yeah. had always talked about doing, right. but they weren't allowed to go to school anymore to go do those things. Right. And it sparked rage in Teresa Noor. She favored her sons and though being favored by Teresa didn't count for much in the way of like <laughs> avoiding abuse, she fucking detested her daughters. And because of that, this is when she would enlist the help of her sons to not only abuse her daughters, but then make them clean up the aftermath. And we'll talk about that. Oh. So things were bad. Uh-huh. Really bad. Yeah. Susan, at 15, tried to run away. Okay. She just wanted out and she wanted to tell somebody what was going on. Depending on the source, it ranges anywhere from saying she was arrested for, like, prostitution charges. Okay. And spoken to, or all the way up to, she tried to get herself admitted into a psychiatric hospital and talked about it. I think it's somewhere in the middle. She might have gotten into some kind of trouble or sought out somebody to talk to. Right. But she ended up getting connected with Child Protective Services. Okay. And she disclosed everything the beatings the odd punishments not being allowed to go to school Teresa had forged birth certificates so the kids could work so that they could bring money in because she got an unemployment check for I don't know how fucking long for no reason like the Mm -hmm. state of California fucking paid this woman so she could be home to do this to her kids but anyway she would forge Mm -hmm. things so the kids could go work and then they'd have to sign their paychecks over to her cigarettes out on them throwing knives at them point guns at them beat them for no reason make the other kids do it i mean she and then get up and go to work she put it all on the table susan's like we need help yes so child protective services ends up going to the house and i don't know how they're even able to walk in there because based on how it's described it's fucking disgusting but they had such a detailed report from susan that they're like we need to go and check this out okay so they go in and they talk to Teresa and they said, are you abusing your kids? Oh, yeah, that's going to work. She says no. And they seem pretty satisfied with that. Fucking A. So then they interview each of the children individually. Okay. And by individually, I mean also with Teresa in the room. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that's really how it goes. So okay. who in their right mind would ask a child if mommy's hurting them when mommy's in the room like looking over your shoulder like shooting daggers at them your sister told me that mommy sometimes points a gun at you and that she might she might shoot it is that true and then Teresa? and <laughs> then they literally so they ask the kid a question the kid looks at them looks at the mom looks back and says no she never did that fuck and because they were all so afraid of their mom yeah and because she was in the room the whole time and because they didn't think anyone could ever help them. Oh. They all said nothing happened. Nope. So they all denied it. They were all like, yeah, Susan must be lying. We've never experienced that. And it was all of their word against hers. So with that, Susan's returned to Teresa. No. And not only, not only did they send Susan back to that hellhole of a place, but they also told Teresa all of the things that Susan had said it happened. Do it. So it wasn't posed as like. It's grinding my gears. It wasn't posed as if like they found her and they were like, oh, she's a young girl alone. This we we should investigate. They're like, well, Susan told us that you did this, this, this and this. And she's like, heavens, whatever she said. I don't know. She she was whatever it was. She was able to very, I guess, easily pass it off so that it looked like you know she was that was news to her my susan so once susan gets home the torture she endured got worse Teresa was making sure that she paid for speaking out yeah um basically if you thought it was bad before you should see what it's going to be like now yeah just fucking wait susan was handcuffed beneath the kitchen table and left there beneath the kitchen table like crouched down in an inhuman like position Uh. she was gagged 
and the gag was almost never taken out of her mouth. Oh. She was beat while she was handcuffed. And typically when the gag was taken out, she was only able to like be without it when she was being force fed. Uh, so there's that and this lasted years so she put socks over her hands so that the handcuffs that she had wouldn't leave as noticeable of marks but still did what they needed to do she would also have to like readjust the ligatures so she wouldn't leave pressure marks that would be noticeable because she wasn't worried about hurting her kid she was worried about people being able to tell that she hurt that she hurt her kid even though they weren't ever really allowed to leave the house. Especially Susan being literally handcuffed. Oh, God. So there's that. So then these delusions, you know, get kicked up a notch. Teresa believed that Susan was demonic. Of course. And claimed to see horns sprout from her head. So she had convinced herself that Susan was evil. Oh. Like, spawn of the devil, not her daughter anymore, this isn't Susan, just looks like her, that kind of thing. She would have been great in the witch trials. So, one day during an argument at their home, Teresa pulled the gun on her. Oh, Now, okay. cool, cool, sources cool. differ on this because when Terry describes it, Terry says that her mother had been holding the gun the entire time. Okay. When William describes it, William says that Teresa had had the gun pointed at Susan, but she needed to leave the room. So she gave it to Terry, the baby, the youngest one, right. the youngest girl, and said, point this at her, and if she moves, you pull the trigger. Oh. Either way you look at it, it, it doesn't matter. Terry couldn't have possibly known, known what she was doing and what that right. was if she was the one holding the gun. And if it was Teresa the whole time, then it was obviously intentional and it wasn't anybody else's fault. But all of that to say, everyone tried to sort of dodge the gun's aim. And when the gun fired, Susan was on the receiving end. Oh. Susan was shot in the abdomen. Oh, my God. And the other children, and I call them children, but they're really like tweens, teens, 20s. Yeah, but they are There's an age range. Children. But they're kids. Yeah. And at this point, they are just as much bound by Teresa's orders as they were when they as were like kids. like eight-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Than now. So there's, there's no difference in living under their mom's thumb. They might just be a little bit bigger now. But mentally, right. socially, everything else, they have not been allowed the privilege. Of growing. It's correct. Fuck. And they lived in fear of their mother above all else. So she forbade them from calling the police when Susan's literally like bleeding out oh on God. the floor. I mean, and, and even if they wanted to, they'd have to find the phone and plug it in. And they were completely paralyzed with fear because this had never happened. I mean, things had always been really bad. They just right. thought that was how it was for everybody. But nobody shot the gun. But no one got shot before. Right. And I, I know it's, it's, it's so fucked up. What Teresa was pissed most about uh-huh. was that there was blood getting on the floor. Are you... Mm. Yep. So... I'm counting to ten. <laughs> so I don't look good in orange, and she's probably already dead. So uh. she, <laughs> I know it's really bad. So she tells the kids to move Susan, who's obviously severely wounded, into mm-hmm. the bathtub, just to like be there. I mean, it, I, right. I can understand not wanting it to get everywhere, but that should not be your concern. But what you should have done is left her alone, make her comfortable, and call the police. But that's not what you did. No. Um. No. Actually, ideally, don't shoot her. Um, well, correct. <laughs> if we're going back that many steps, absolutely. Right. Um, or maybe if you're as mentally ill as you are. You get, get help. You get help. And you don't subject your children to this. But anyway, she's in the bathtub now. Teresa actually had some background in, like, not nursing, but, like, maybe a medical assistant or something like that. Like, okay. I would say probably, like, a like there's some LNA equivalent. Yeah, a little okay. bit. Um, and she had done that for, like, briefly. Okay. But it wasn't anything, obviously, she was still doing because she wasn't working or anything like that. But she did have some awareness on, like, the basics. Okay. And she actually tended to Susan, not in a motherly doting way, but, like, in a very, like, clinical, dry, white coat. Right. We need 
this kind of thing yeah we need gauze we need bandages and we need to clean it and whatever oh that being said she was able to recover susan yep great she was so that she could endure more great correct well she was in a lot of pain she saw not a single medical professional she had no legitimate medical intervention but she survived her injuries get this with the bullet still lodged in her uh well i mean i guess i shouldn't be surprised because she didn't have any intervention but in her abdomen that's insanity so it went into her abdomen and it pretty much went to like her back and it just stayed there so it wasn't it was it it was like so close to being out but it wasn't out so they healed up where the wound was and i can't imagine that things healed well yeah they just healed but they just healed and well enough for her to just sort of like carry on this girl's about 16 years old wow one six okay at that age i didn't know what to do if i was in a fender bender i would have panicked and cried and i still didn't want to call to make my own doctor's appointments yeah that's what i was doing at 16 wow 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 i was probably being a little shit yeah because you're 16 years old and that's what you do yeah oh we were gonna say the same thing yes and it's like she's had to endure that teenagehood and your mother resenting you hating you punishing you for nothing and also like not only is she the one that can take away the life she's maintaining it Mm -hmm. so that she can maintain the threat of taking it away which is a whole clusterfuck of trauma of course if i had to at 16 survive a gunshot wound i only got because my mom shot me Mm -hmm. and didn't let me go to the hospital so then I had to lay in agony for weeks in the bathtub of my family's home. Because God forbid my injuries cause anybody some cleaning. And then when I'm well enough again, I get handcuffed back under the table. Again? Yes. Oh. Oh, it's bad. Time goes by. Susan's 17. Okay. And she begged that her mother let her go. She's like, I will do anything. I know you hate for me. Years. I know you hate me. Uh, You don't want me here. I don't want to be here. Just let me go. I won't tell anyone anything. I won't say anything to anybody. You'll just, you'll never have to see me again. And that will be it. And in all reality, take the emotion piece out of it. The trauma, the abuse, all of the psychology there. She was able-bodied enough where she could have physically left that home and never looked back. Oh my God. It wasn't that. But when we know psychology of trauma and abuse, and especially at the hands of a parent or a caregiver, Mm -hmm. we know that this is almost never how it works. And she lived in such fear and under the thumb of her mother so much that she wouldn't dare do it without permission. Where if she had just fucking run, she'd be fine. Yeah. So, Teresa responded to Susan's pleas for release by agreeing to let her go. But on one condition. Okay. That condition was, before she left, she would have to allow her mother to remove the bullet that was still lodged in her back. Because she didn't want Susan to be able to get out, go have surgery, have it removed, and have it be tracked back to her. She didn't want there to be any evidence. That's her fucking issue? That's her reason. I... I told you it's bad. I know. Okay. So she's like, I will let you go, Ah. but you will not go with evidence. Ah. So this is my deal. And Susan, knowing that there's no way that this can go well for her, in her mind, it is worth it for a fucking chance. Yeah. To get out. No. Oh, and the fact that die. Teresa thought so far ahead to think of like ballistics, can they can get at the serial number on the bullet? Like yeah. she thought so far ahead because she knew what she was doing was so fucking bad. But in her mind, she was justified and so disillusioned that this is what needed to happen. And this wasn't her kid, but it was because she resented her, but she cast a spell on her, but she's a demon, but she's beautiful, but she can't be because then I can't be 
it's so oh bad gosh. and all the while this girl's like please just let me go Ugh. and she says only if we have a diy surgery at home okay girlies welcome to my youtube channel today we're going to be talking about how to remove the bullet you put in your fucking daughter correct what the fuck so yeah th i mean that's really it so this she's like this is my only chance and i guess i'm just gonna have to endure it so she decided this is worth escaping her wrath and i will do what i need to do so susan agreed she's 17 years old with no surgical training no surgical tools and no way to lessen the pain other than just like plying her with alcohol and weird pills that she had sort of like swiped from some of the elderly people she used to care for Ugh. like that's the prep for this good, good, and i'm good. saying surgery very loosely um this bullet removal surgery was a forced family fun event oh fuck where they were all required to participate even if that role was just to hold susan down <laughs> or hold the light mm -hmm. or pass the tools or do what was asked so while Susan's like, I'm pretty sure knocked out with like so much alcohol in her system just to like make her not feel it. Right. Which I have n no doubt was to make it so she didn't feel it, but to make it so she wouldn't move. Right. So that they make could it get easier. it. Correct. Make it easier for Teresa, naturally. Um, Although I will say in in any amount of silver lining, um, at least what was good for Teresa in this case was helpful for Susan. That's all I got. That sure. is literally the barest fucking sure. like silver lining there could be but yeah. at least susan was knocked out yeah hold on to that oh god hold on <laughs> to that do this to me? i know i i really am okay all right i'm really bad but, mm. so oh. with the help of her sons and terry they cut her open with an exacto knife classic they fish for the bullet after the bullet was out Teresa flushed it down the toilet to be rid of it so i want to take a pause here as i like to do from time to time uh -huh. as you very well know because i want to put myself in susan's place and i want you to do it too okay imagine for a moment yes you are 17 years old yeah you are beautiful you are smart and with your life ahead of you you are making an attempt to get out you've been beaten you've been abused You've been tortured. It's You've shot. been ridiculed your entire life just for existing. Yeah. During an argument, your mother shoots you, forbids you to receive medical treatment to save her own ass, and you, by the grace of God, survive your wounds and recover. You beg and you beg to be set free, since there is no doubt in your mind that your mother resents your entire being, and you feel that the only way to survive is to leave but you are controlled by her. You are so terrified of her and her rage that you can only summon the courage to leave with her permission. And that permission is only granted if you agree to subject yourself to a DIY bullet retrieval surgery performed by your devil incarnate mother and you agree to do it because nothing could possibly be worse than continuing to live under that roof. Sit in that for a second. Oh, I have been. The physical pain... She carves into your back and she digs into an open cavity to find the bullet she shot at you. Not to help you, but to prevent her culpability later. Ugh. Think of that emotional pain. Like, if you survive, at least I won't get any trouble. Think of the psychological turmoil that is just normalized in your life. Fuck. That is the briefest glance into the life of Susan Knorr. Her 17 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I know it's coming. So things turn from horrific to more horrific. Yeah. Susan's body struggles to fight the infection. No. She gets gravely ill. She gets so ill, actually, that she slips into a coma. Mm. And she turns, like, yellow from infection and jaundice. And she's seemingly dead. Like, she's on the floor. They just leave her there. Um, Teresa says she's faking it. So she mm. orders the other kids not to check on her, don't talk to her, don't do anything. Naturally. 
Um, Susan turns yellow in color, obviously, as I said, but Teresa views this as confirmation that her daughter's been compromised, that she's demonic, that she's a witch, that she's whatever. Um, Susan's little sister, Terry, recalls Teresa um, saying that Susan had become possessed by demons and that the only way to save her was to set her on fire with everything that she owned. So Teresa orders her sons, the youngest ones, William and Robert, Mm. to gather all of Susan's stuff, which is very little. She does not have much to her name. Yeah. And orders her, orders them to grab her clothing, anything that was important to her. And because Susan had been in a coma and had pretty much lost all function and like control over her body, she had urinated herself. Right. So Teresa's solution to this wasn't to get her help or to be like oh my god she's not lying and she's hurt they just put diapers on her that's what they did to their 17 year old so she's got that and they drove 100 miles to the sierra nevada mountains they put it all in a pile all the stuff that she had including all of the extra diapers and they placed susan with the pile with William and Robert there, they were kind of like, okay, like, this is all the stuff. And they turned to leave, and Teresa pulls out a gun. And she points it at her sons, and she says, pour gas on it. Like, accelerant. Oh. So they pour it on the pile of stuff, and they're like, okay, we're good. And she said, I said all of it. Oh. And they order, she orders them to put accelerant on Susan you know, because if they don't, they'll be yeah. shot. And they know she'll do it. They've seen it. Yeah. So they listen. And she had ordered William to light a match and set it on fire. Uh. So he did. So the family had believed Susan to be dead because she hadn't been moving. No, 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 no. But she was only just still in a coma. No, 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 no. Susan Nor was alive at the time her mother ordered her to be set on fire. And that is where I'm going to leave you. Uh, You asshole. I'm... mm. Until next week in part two. (laughs) You have no fucking words. Ow. (laughs) I know. I told you. Ouch. Ouch. I know. Ouch, David. I know. I'm like shocked. I I don't even have it. You didn't even have words. No. I know. I'm (laughs) sorry. I literally, I can't even say what I'm thinking because I think it would literally get me at like, like attempt. All I have to say is for the visual, because I know you guys can't see us, but I have the very awesome pleasure of getting to look at Abby. Um, her jaw has like <laughs> been on the floor this entire time. She just had this like blank look of shock of like it can't get worse than this. It can't get worse than this. It keeps getting worse than this. Yeah, the fuck is it still getting um, worse than this? If you guys, by the way, followed our Instagram, you would have seen the sneak peek of me just like ah, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, can't so, do it. Um, I told you it'd be bad. Yeah, you did. I gotta be honest. You were part two is worse. Fuck. Um. <laughs> But it comes to a close. Okay. Will I be satisfied? Um. Okay. <laughs> Check back in at the end of the next episode. You're so mean. I know I'm an ass. This is the worst. I know. And I'm laughing because I think all of the tears came out last week and now there's nothing left. I'm just like, ah, how? I know. How are people still doing this shit? And I know we'll talk more about it next week, but there's just this visceral fucking response I have. And and I do. I think it's rich because I'm not a mother. And I hope one day that I'm I'm lucky enough that I'll be able to have kids because that's that's certainly what I would like in life. But yes. as of right now, I am childless. Yes. And even I, knowing oh so little mm-hmm. in my age about these things have such a fucking like maternal visceral fucking like caveman response like those not my children i would mother bear 
like the fuck to, out of like for a mother and a single parent to treat her children as evilly as she has and that's not to say that i'm not acknowledging that she is severely mentally ill this is not someone in their right mind but is that not then also the exact example of like untreated mental illness has very real very potentially serious consequences Uh, lethal as we're as we've just seen and like again you gotta acknowledge it i understand it but what the fuck and honestly, frankly, right now, I mean, yes, I'm a ball of rage at this woman, but like CPS, what the fuck California Child Protective Services at this time? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Not only that, but why was there no checks and balances? I mean, you've had six children be in school and then they're never heard from again. And everyone's like, okay, cool. And yeah, sure. They were like the weirder family who like wasn't allowed to have friends over and maybe they didn't see you after school a lot and weren't allowed to play. But like there are some serious issues with that. Yeah. I ugh. something about interviewing a child in front of their parent, asking them if that parent hurt them. Like that goes against every protocol that we have in place today. Mm hmm. Same with like. Oh, good. That's not true. Well, she basically just told me all this shit. And it's like, you think that if, like, you'd have to think somewhere in your brain, if by some stroke of atrocious luck that these kids were lying for their mother, which they were because you interviewed them in front of her, Mm -hmm. you don't think that if that's a possibility, that wouldn't make that other kid's life such a living hell that they might actually burn to death? I'm gonna try to not say more than I should. Well, we'll let you. We'll let you just ruminate See? on that. Simmer? Yeah, we'll let you. We'll let you just fester in that. Yeah, thanks. Ugh. Yeah, and um, we'll revisit it next week. Well, uh, you're such an asshole. I, I love you, I but know you're that. such an asshole. Oh no, I was really fucking bad. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. But Y'all. you're going to come back next week. I know it. Yeah. And it, you know what? I'm so fucking jealous of you guys that can skip through this shit. <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be people that can wait until part two comes out and they don't have to sit in this for like a fucking week. Some I people do. are going to wait and be like, okay, I'm going to wait, listen to it all at once and not yep. have to, but I'm going to let you just simmer. Yeah. Just chilling. <laughs> I know. I'm, I I'm the worst. I know. Uh, I mean, you're not the worst. We clearly know people who are much worse than you. Well, that's correct. Um, but uh, but if you want to see the people that are much worse than us, yes, I think you should check out our Instagram page. I would highly recommend that. You but could definitely look at them and like fun pod pets and memes that I should probably look at to chill out right now. And like now. reprieves mm-hmm. and resources. Lots and of resources. Like I should probably call 988 because I'm going to lose my shit. Um, not for real. Not for real. Uh, but you should call 988 if you need to. Mm-hmm. That's totally valid. If you wanted to see the people, the places, the things, if you wanted the lists of the resources, if you wanted to see cute pod pets, if you wanted to see memes, relatable shit, if you want to see sneak peeks like I did this week at me, just f- like my face, because I can't apparently show that to you over a microphone, which is <laughs> rude. Um, you should go to our Instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that's A-B-O-U-T period T-I-M-E period F-O-R period T-R-U-E period C-R-I-M-E period P-O-D because podcast was too long. Thanks, Instagram. But if you wanted to send us something longer, your face and reaction to this shit um, <laughs> or cases that you have information on that you want us to cover or requests or, I don't know, just like a nice little hey and um sorry that you couldn't skip through that abby you're so strong um you could do that to our email <laughs> but ali where would they email that so if you want to email that you can send that to abigail no i'm just kidding <laughs> um you would go to about time the number four tc at gmail.com so that's a-b-o-u-t-t-i-m-e numeric four tc at gmail.com uh we do have one other request from you if you would flatter us ever so nicely um, if you could repost our post, tell a friend, tell rate, a family review. member. We love if you can just Subscribe. rate, review, share. Um, it's all the little things that are free 99 that cost you zero dollars. Heck yeah. That really help us out a lot in more ways than just spreading the word. But it 
it tells us in another way that you are liking what you're hearing, that you want more of it. And also, I mean, I know we've said this before, but we don't know as many people as there are people in the ATFDC fam, which no. is humbling and flattering and so, so kind. We are in all 50 states. We're in like yes. tw- over 25 countries. We are and it's all around and we'd be nothing without you guys. No, like I, I don't know 25 people, let alone 25 people in 25 countries. Correct. So the work that you guys do spreading this and sharing it is really so much of what we are going off of and we are so appreciative and we just love it so much if you could check in do something like that give us a, a star review leave a little comment on apple um, um, a star review <coughs> five star review. yeah ideally a five star review I mean, but i'm, I'm not gonna tell you what, you know i'm not gonna tell you what you think of us i mean i hope it's great and like we're your favorite podcast i mean you said that earlier this episode but it's like true um but. we hope so but we love you all so much and that would be really great don't forget, if you also wanted to support us in a way that is barely more expensive than free 99 you could check out our Redbubble and get some merch. We have stickers. We have some little, like, pod pet things, like a bandana, maybe a little, a little bowl. So check it out. Let us know. That is also always linked below. And we cannot wait to see you guys next week. Absolutely. And if I take a quick little gander at my watch oh, i do you look at that believe that that was <laughs> about time for true crime Later. tell your mom thanks for not being this